Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. KYW Original Podcasts. Merrill Reese, it's the Wednesday of week four. Eagles 0-2-1 are at a good 49ers team. 2-1 Sunday night, Santa Clara, California, primetime football. Eagles are back at practice today. What are you hoping to find out? Well, I'm, I'm hoping to find out that they have some of the guys back who are ready to go who are kind of iffy as far as injuries are concerned. Uh, we'll find out more. Uh, Deshaun Jackson is a guy who's day by day, and uh, they really need everybody they can get for this game. This is a big one. I think there's no chance that you're going to get uh, Jalen Rager back quite yet. But interestingly, he is not on injured reserve. Uh, also waiting to come back at some point is Alshon Jeffrey. It would really help to have him back. Merrill, uh, Jalen Rager is not on injured reserve, but Dallas Goddard, as expected, is with that ankle injury. Um, how tough is that for the Eagles? That is big. That is a big, big injury because one of the things the Eagles had going for them this year was one of the best tandems of tight ends in the National Football League with Zach Ertz and Dallas Goddard. And now who knows how long Goddard's going to be out. Uh, they, they say lower extremity. They don't get too specific, but I've heard reports that there is a crack. Now, that could be a hairline crack or a, a more significant fracture, but, but he definitely has an ankle problem that's going to keep him out for some time. Merrill, I, I wrote down a list of players this morning as I was preparing. I have Dallas Goddard, that's one. Jalen Rager, that's two. Isaac Sayamalo, three. Andre Dillard, four. Brandon Brooks, five. Maybe Deshaun won't play. Six, maybe Alshon won't play. Seven, and on defense, you have Avante Maddox. So that's eight significant players that the Eagles might or probably will not have this Sunday against the 49ers. How can they possibly operate with that many injured players? Well, you have to. It's a league of next man up. Now, I don't know what the 49ers injury list looks like at this point. Last week, they lost the quarterback, Jimmy Garoppolo, or he didn't play last week. He got hurt the week before. But uh, Jimmy Garoppolo missed that game. Is he going to miss this game? I think even though the, the Mullins played well against the Giants, I think there's a big drop-off from Garoppolo to Mullins. Uh, they've lost Bosa for the season. So I have to wait to see who they have left. All around the National Football League, the injuries continue to mount. Do you get the sense, Merrill, though, because I, I kind of get the sense, and and it's been no secret because we know who's been injured. It, it, it's every year with the Eagles. I know that they overcame it in 2017 in, in epic fashion with a Super Bowl, but 2018 injuries, 2019 injuries, and then this year, and, and some of the players that, that, I didn't, that have been injured this year are not even on this list because they were injured before. It's, it's every year with the Eagles that they have to deal with so many injuries. Well, I just think it's life in the National Football League. Look at the Giants. Here's the team with a new coach. And they are hoping to make some strides this year. 
and they lose their great ball carrier, Saquon Barkley. He's out for the season. I mean, you go around the league, there's quarterbacks who are out. Uh, they, they all have injuries. Do they have as many as the Eagles? Not many teams do, but there are a lot of injuries mounting. And now there's a situation, and I'm not aware of all of the ramifications, in Tennessee where there are cases of the virus. Right. Right, and, and you definitely don't want to see that, um, and hopefully they get that under control. Um, I mean, there's talk that that game could be postponed till Tuesday, and then what impact does that have with the Eagles because they're supposed to play the Steelers, who the Eagles play after this game. It's, it's definitely something to keep an ear out for. Merrill, yesterday, special teams coordinator Dave Phipp had his weekly Zoom conference, and I, I found it very fascinating because they were talking a lot about the situation near the end of overtime, obviously, with the penalty that made the 59-yard field goal a 64-yard field goal and whether Jake Elliott was capable of making it or not. Um, and, and Dave Phipp was talking a lot about all the different factors that go in to that type of decision. It was almost like a science lesson because he was talking about wind and weather and conditions and density. It was, it was interesting. Did you realize that so much goes into those kicks, all those different factors and elements that they have to factor in in a really short, compact period of time? Well, yes, I did. Uh, and first, first of all, I always chart the kickers before the game. I watch the kickers work out, and then I decide what looks to be their absolute outside range. But what you're talking about was asking Jake Elliott to kick the tying, the, the distance that would tie him with the longest field goal in NFL history. That's what you're asking him to do. And if my memory serves me correct, that 64-yard field goal was kicked in Denver where the air is very, very thin. Mm. So I, it would be so, so unlikely. And then you're giving them a chance. Then, then you're giving the Bengals a chance to have a shot from – beyond midfield and, and if Joe, Joe Burrow completed one pass that would put them in field goal range and then you know for as much as Doug is getting criti got criticized for punting there it could have easily have gone the other way so you know it's you you you, you only win if you win and they didn't win they tied but they move on to the 49 I'll, I'll throw something else sure. out there and then the, during that drive we talk about the offsides penalty uh by Matt Pryor there was also a holding penalty by Nate Herbig, right. the young guard. And I have talked to people and have watched that back and forth and back and forth, the replay of that holding call, and I can't find it. Oh. I can't find holding. It, I mean, it, it was so, so remote to call holding at that point on what he did. He had his hands inside the shoulder pads. There was no real evidence of holding. And I'm not calling the official dishonest, I'm calling him wrong in making that play. I think it was a bad, bad call that greatly affected that more than a decision of whether to kick the longest field goal in Eagles history or NFL history. Well, it, it, with what you're saying, Merrill, um, that's just a case of bad luck for the Eagles then because they would have been in Jake Elliott's range to yes. kick, kick the game winner well before what happened at the end of overtime and that debacle with the penalty and moving back and then, you know, the punt. They would, I mean, they would have won the game and then we wouldn't have even been talking about this, you know, a few days after. But moving, well, they, they might have won the game, even if you're talking about a 59-yard field goal or a 57-yard field goal or, for that matter, a 52-yard field goal. Anything 50-plus is not a given, although Jake Elliott is very, very good. 
Well said. Well said. And moving ahead, Merrill, to the 49ers, um, this is going to be matchup number 34 between the Eagles and 49ers in their history. It's Wednesday, so we go over memorable matchups, a lot of which that recent ones that I actually forgot about. I didn't even remember. Uh, the Eagles are 13-19-1 against the 49ers. That tie came all the way back in 1956. So it's not like the tie was in 2008 and there's a chance of it you know, happening again. You know, it was all the way back in 1956. Uh, the Eagles have actually done well against the 49ers recently. Winners of 7 out of 10 dating back to 2 This is going to be their second trip to Levi Stadium. They lost their only matchup there. That was, uh, I believe, in 2014 or 15 with Chip Kelly. They lost. It was 2014 with Chip Kelly. They lost out there. Merrill, yeah, they but, lost to Kaepernick in that game. They did. They did. And October 10th, 2010. They've actually, they recently have performed very well at the 49ers' old home, Candlestick, Candlestick Park. October 10th, 2010. 27-24. I don't remember this game. I don't remember this Eagles win. LaShawn McCoy had 18 carries, 92 yards, and a touchdown. But this play, you figure that I figured that I would remember it, but I don't, and maybe you do. Quinton Michael had a 52-yard fumble return for a touchdown early in the fourth quarter. Do you remember that? I do. I do. Um, it, was, it, it really was a backbreaker for the 49ers. Quinn Michael made a lot of big plays as an Eagle. And I can remember another one uh, where Mike Patterson picked up a fumble and ran like 90 yards. Uh, the defensive lineman Mike Patterson right. ran down the left sideline. And I used to kid him that when he was running for that touchdown, I had a chance to break away and do three commercials. <laughs> <laughs> that that that's funny, Merrill. That's funny. Uh, December twentieth, two thousand nine, at the link, twenty seven thirteen Eagles win to go ten and four. Uh, Deshaun Jackson six receptions that day for one hundred forty yards and a touchdown. Uh, I, I I'm glad that I'm bringing this next one up because we brought I brought him up earlier in the week when comparing it to Matt Pryor's false start penalty. But October twelfth, two thousand eight, a candlestick, a forty to twenty six Eagles win. Um, Jaquay Parker had a 55-yard pick six. Do you re do you remember? That? I don't remember that. Well, I don't remember that one either. Jaquay Parker had a, if, if my research is correct, had a 55-yard pick six in that game in 08. Well, all I remember about Jaquay Parker was he jumped in right, Buffalo. No, right. <laughs> that's that's the only thing that evokes. That's that's I remember that too. And and somebody else had a big game that day. Uh, Corel Buckhalter in 2008. 18 carries, 93 rushing yards, a rushing touchdown, and seven receptions for 85 receiving yards. So if I'm doing math at the top of my head here, that's 178 combined yards for Carell Buckhalter that day in 08 as the Eagles improved to, was it, 3-3 three and three in that season, and that went over the 49ers. Another one that I do not remember, even though it was recent. Well, there's, there was, the most recent one came at the link. And that was, I think, in 2017. Right. And the right. Eagles just ripped right through them. And their quarterback that day was C.J. Bethard, who was the third quarterback on the depth chart right now. Well, uh, that, uh, that was, I think that was Kyle Shanahan's first year in San Francisco. And that put the 49ers at 0-8. And, and it's quite remarkable that they were 0-8 in 2017. And two years later, they're playing in, in the Super Bowl. That just shows you how quickly things can... Uh, can turn around. Uh, September 24th, 2006, 38-24 Eagles win a candlestick. Brian Westbrook, huge day, eight carries, 117 yards, which is, which is, four, is an average of 14.62 yards a carry, which is insane. 
Um, and then he also had uh, a good receiving day, f- uh, four receptions, 47 yards, and a touchdown, uh, three total touchdowns on that day for, for B. West. September 18th, 2005, this one I do remember because I was in the seats for it. Donovan McNabb had uh, five touchdowns, 342 yards. It was the home opener at the link, year after going to the Super Bowl, T.O., 143 yards, two touchdowns. And I remember that distinctively because it was all downhill after that with, with Terrell Owens. Yeah, but but what a way to start the season. Then you have to go back ages to the game where the Eagles went out there. And George Seifert was the coach, and the 49ers were the defending Super Bowl champions and actually went on that year to win the Super Bowl again. And the Eagles were a struggling team, but for some reason they had their game of games, and Charlie Garner ran wild. 16 carries, 111 yards, two touchdowns. They blew out the 49ers, 40-8. to Steve Young had two picks. Um, I, if I'm reading the box score correctly, he was, I think he was taken out in that game for some reason. He had two picks, one to Eric Allen, one to Andy Harmon. Randall was very good that day, 20 for 29, 246 yards, two touchdowns. And Calvin Williams had nine receptions for 122 yards. And, and, then, and do you remember who replaced? It was Seifert, Seifert and Young. We're into a tremendous argument right in front of us on the sideline. Really? And uh, I mean, uh, yes, and Young was benched. And you know who came in for him? I, I'm about to go back to the box score because I didn't write that down. Okay. Uh, Elvis Gerbeck. Elvis Gerbeck. <laughs> right. He's got an interesting way to spell his last name G R B A C. Elvis Gerbeck. Uh, that, that's a great last name. Uh, January 3rd, 1994. It's not a bad first name either. <laughs> not a bad first name either. You're right. January 3rd, 1994, 37 34 overtime win at Candlestick. That was the last game of the season. Eagles finished 8 and 8 that year. Bobby Brister three touchdowns on the day. Byron Evans had a 30-yard fumble return for a touchdown and a pick, and it was an overtime winner, Merrill. Speaking of overtime, Roger, and if I pronounce his last name wrong, I, forgive me, Roger Ruzek with a game-winning 28-yard field goal. Sure. Roger Ruzek did a lot of good things for the Eagles. He was a former Dallas Cowboys kicker and came in here and won a game in the last second of overtime in Seattle, and then he had other big wins like this one. He was a very good kicker. And, the, and I saved this one for last, even though it's not in reverse chronological order, because when I think of this matchup between the two teams before, before preparing for this, and the first game that comes to mind, Eagles 49ers, November 25th, 2002, Monday night football. Coy Detmer is the starting quarterback, and nobody gave the Eagles the cha- a chance after Donovan McNabb suffered that gruesome injury against the, the Arizona Cardinals. 38-17 win on Monday Night Football to go 8-3. and three. Detmer had two passing touchdowns, a rushing <laughs> touchdown, a quarterback rating of 121.8. B. West, who was a rookie, had a 76-yard punt return touchdown, but Coy Detmer, unfortunately, injured himself in that game. And A.J. Feely came in. And, and actually played well in the short time that he played, played in that sure game did. and then took, you know, obviously took them to a 12-4 and record the rest of the regular season. So, Merrill, Interesting matchups between the Eagles and 49ers, and you know maybe maybe this weekend, even though nobody's probably going to give the Eagles much of a chance, maybe this weekend will be one too. Let's hope. We can only hope because if last week was critical, I don't know what this one is. <laughs> Whatever critical is times 100, that, that, that's what it is. Uh, Merrill Reese, thank you so much for the time. Doug talks today. Carson talks today. I'll get your thoughts and what they have to say tomorrow morning. Thank you as always. Thank you, Dave. Voice of the Eagles, Merrill Reese. 
You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 